You know, um, a number of years ago, Kim and I went to a seminar that was put on by our conference, and the seminar was designed to address burnout and stress for those in the ministry. It was put on by a pastor and a medical doctor. And I was totally caught off guard by the first words that came out of the mouth of the medical doctor. In essence, it was this. Is it on the big screen? Because it's not on this one. Yeah, you can see it up there, okay. There is an invisible, intelligent, organized army out there whose sole desire is to destroy us. We have to expect it. We must recognize it. We must be prepared. Now you could imagine coming from a medical doctor. <laughs> they to come up and say, hey, watch your diet and exercise and you know, give yourself the time you need, whatever. But the very first words out of his mouth, there's an invisible, intelligent, organized army out there whose sole desire is to destroy us. We have to expect it, we must recognize it, we must be prepared. Did you ever think about that? It's usually not the stuff we think about. <laughs> but stop and think about it this morning because the reality is, is I'm not talking to them out there, I'm talking to you and me. Did you ever stop and think there's an intelligent, invisible, organized army whose sole desire is to destroy you. And that war is for your soul. That war is for your marriage. That war is for your children, parents. You know, right now, this is a fun stage, those little babies, at least it's fun for the dads. The moms get up in the middle of the night, I get that for the most part. But you know, there's gonna be a war for the soul of your child. There's a war for your church, Moraine Valley Church, and for the Church of Jesus Christ worldwide. There's a war for our own nation. There's a war that's going on. And we need to wake up. We really do as Christians, because I think that in North America, things have been pretty good. And we've been lulled to sleep into thinking that the Christian life is more like a church picnic or like going to a Christian concert. And we're just kind of walking through life thinking like that when the reality is, is that the Christian life is a war. God told us this in Ephesians 6. Turn to, in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Many years ago, he wanted the Ephesus church to be awoken to this fact. And he wants us to be aware of it as well. Now the heart of this passage is really gonna be the heart of my message today. And I put it on the screen. Hopefully you'll remember this because uh, this summarizes the passage. This summarizes what I'm gonna try to communicate today and that's simply this. Be prepared to fight the right enemy. Be prepared to fight the right enemy. And as I think about this today, and as I, I'm going to read this passage and want you to watch for this, you know, we're, we're starting a series which is going to be boot camp for us as Christians. 
You know, what boot camp does for us in the military prepares us for being a soldier and for the wars we're going to face. And we're going to be going to boot camp for another seven weeks or so. And we're going to be getting ourselves ready for the war that takes place every day. So watch for this as I read it. Be prepared to fight the right enemy. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Let me stop there. You're going to hear a lot today about the enemy, Satan. And we're going to hear a lot about the war. Next week, verse 10 is the heart of our message because the victory is in Jesus. That's the foundation to our entire victory. In fact, I was thinking about it on the way in this morning. I'm not sure I think of it. I think the Lord put it on my mind. But you know what? Well, you realize that a lamb defeated a roaring lion. Picture that in your mind. Jesus, the slain lamb, defeated a roaring lion. And our hope in this entire boot camp and learning to do war with Satan is based upon Jesus and who he is, who he is in us and us in him and what he's already done. We'll talk about that next week. But we start with being strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the full armor of God so you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Be prepared to fight the right enemy. And I want to start with the end of that phrase, fighting the right enemy. Who was this battle with? I want you to look back because we have to get this straight right from the beginning. He says in verse 11, put on the full armor of God so you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces, against the spiritual forces of weakness, heavenly places. Our battle is with the devil and with his intelligent, invisible organized army, which we know as demons. That's who our battle is with. That's who the struggle is against. He mentions four kinds of demons here. Some people try to find a structural order uh, to, to what these names are. I think they more reveal the character of what they do. Let me start with the devil, by the way. You understand that the uh, Satan, the devil, two main names we use for him, each reflect a different part of his work and his character. Satan means adversary. He's our enemy. He's our adversary. He's the one that's coming against. The devil means slanderer. He's the one that slanders us. And so our first enemy is the devil, the slanderer, the one who is slandering us. And then he talks about rulers and powers and world forces and spiritual forces. World forces of this darkness. 
spiritual forces of wickedness. Those are the demons. And what we see here is that the ones that we're wrestling with in this army are characterized by two things, wickedness and darkness. That's what these demons are all about. We're children of the light, so you can see why we're in opposition to them. But they're all about wickedness and darkness. And when you take the words rulers and powers and forces, it shows that they're trying to force influence upon us. They're trying to rule over us. They're trying to control us and our activities. And so this army of demons is wicked, they're full of darkness, and their end goal is, is to control us and to influence us in the activities of our lives. That's who our battle is against. And what they use primarily are schemes. Look at back, verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Satan's got a method. He's got tactics. He's got techniques. He's got a scheme. A method about which he goes to try to control and to influence our life towards the evil and towards wickedness. And we just mentioned one of those schemes, and I'll come back to it later in the message again, but slander. The devil's a slanderer. A slanderer is somebody who simply, uh, let, me, let me read it so I get it right. They make a false spoken statement that causes people to have a bad opinion of someone. So Satan is gonna get us to say things about other people so that others will think poorly of us. That's one of the great schemes of the devil. It's his name is a slanderer. But I'm gonna tell you what, he doesn't only speak lies about other people to think bad. You know what? He, he speaks lies to our own minds. <laughs> he slanders us about ourselves so that we even think bad about ourselves. But we'll come back to that again as we talk a little bit further in this series and even in this message. His scheme is to slander us. His method is designed to ensnare us and capture us and control us. And simply does this. He uses bait like in any trap and that bait happens to have poison inside of it. And his goal in that poison happens to be called sin in scripture. And that poison we know causes a spiritual cancer or spiritually destroys us. And now because he can't take away our salvation, his goal is, is to control us, to influence the quality of our life and to influence our character and to get us this bait to destroy our relationships and to work in this respect. So he's got this bait that's full of poison that when we take the bait, we destroy ourselves with our own sin. That's the basic scheme of Satan. You, we can look at it a hundred different ways and we will throughout the series. You know it in your own life. He lays out a bait. He gets us to bite that bait because it's got poison in it. And once we take the poison, we're beginning to destroy ourselves as sin takes its work in our life. 
So Satan works through schemes. Remember, we're saying we've got to fight the right enemy. So our enemy is the devil, the slanderer, who has an army of invisible demons who are characterized by darkness and evil and wickedness who are trying to influence and control us. Now, who's our battle not against? It's just important we get this clear. Look at back at verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We often think that our enemy is another person. We often think as mates, when we get into little battles, the enemy is our mate or our enemy is our friend or our enemy is whoever. And the reality is, is Satan uses people as pawns to accomplish his purpose. And if we really want to get to the place of victory, we got to recognize my battle's really not with that other person. My battle is with Satan. His primary camouflage is people. You know what camouflage is? Camouflage is, you know, kind of military guys. They wear it so they kind of mix in with the shrubbery around them and the trees and the grass. So when people see, they're not easily seen. And in the same way, Satan camouflages himself with people. And he gets behind other people and uses them to accomplish his purposes as his pawn. So we got to remember, the real enemy is not the person. They're being used by Satan as a pawn. The real enemy is Satan himself. And if we don't recognize that, and if we don't turn to Jesus first and for the work we need him to do in this battle, we will constantly be fighting with people. Mates will be fighting with mates. Friends will be fighting with friends. Parents will be fighting with kids. Kids will be fighting with parents. And the list goes on and on. Satan characterizes a snake. He doesn't hiss at us. Uh, he actually calls us babe and bro and friend. <laughs> he's camouflaged in other people and he's working through them as his pawns. So there's two implications that we get from this first point when we realize who our real enemy is. We need to deal with the root cause of the problem who is Satan rather than the fruits which are the hundreds of ways he puts out baits or the people or things that he uses to try to destroy us. Because if we only deal with the fruits one, of, one at a time, which is that particular temptation or struggle or whatever's going on, Satan will be glad to feed us those one at a time for the rest of our lives to keep us distracted. I think of an apple tree. You know, here's this tree growing out of the ground and it's got its roots down there. And then what it does is it produces apples. Let's say this tree happens to be a Satan tree. And what he produces are these fruits, are these little things that come along the way and the way he tempts us. And if all we're doing is grabbing one apple at a time, one temptation at a time, one struggle at a time, and we keep doing that, Satan will keep on producing more demonic apples to keep us busy. 
That's why we got to recognize we got to deal with the root. We got to cut down the tree at its foundation. We got to pull out the roots. And then guess what? All the apples come along with it. But we are constantly dealing with the apples and not dealing with Satan and his army. That's so important for us to recognize. And there's a second thing, it's just simple, it's obvious. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. By the way, struggle, that basically means hand-to-hand combat. Uh, It's really the word for wrestling. Um, It's not something we can hide ourselves on a team and trust somebody else to take over for us. It's not like some of the modern day warfare where we can have somebody sitting in an office in Arizona controlling a drone over in Afghanistan and just push a button. It's not that kind of war, guys. This is like a wrestling match. We are in hand-to-hand combat with the devil. This struggle is real. And God has provided for us spiritual weapons And so the weapons that are human don't have the power to defeat the enemy. But God has provided for spiritual weapons so that we can stand firm in this war with the devil. So the first thing we got to realize is this. Who is our real enemy? Who is this battle with? It's not with other people, it's with Satan. So that was the part that talks about the real enemy. Now, now the, the first part of that statement is be ready to fight. Be ready to fight the right enemy. Be ready to fight. And actually the whole rest of the series is gonna help us get ready to fight. It'll be our boot camp. But I wanna introduce that to us this morning. The first thing we need to do is put on the full armor of God. So we'll be prepared. Look at back at verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The only way we'll be prepared to stand against the schemes of Satan are to put on the spiritual armor and all of the armor, the full armor that God has given to us. And we need to be prepared to fight. We need the armor to be prepared. Why do I need the armor? Because I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna wrestle hand-to-hand combat with the devil. You know, something I realized in myself even, that uh, even getting ready for the series kind of hit me fresh, and maybe some of you think this way. It's a mistake to think if I put on the armor that I'm gonna avoid the schemes of the devil or he's just gonna pass me by because he sees the pat's ready. That isn't what the scripture teaches. Because look at verse 11. We gotta put on the full armor so we can stand firm against the schemes of the devil. The armor precedes the schemes. The armor is what allows me to stand firm against the schemes. In other words, even if I have the armor on, schemes are still gonna come. The armor is what prepares me for the schemes. It doesn't keep the schemes from coming. And second of all, in verse 13, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. Resisting is, is, is actually opposing power or pressure that's coming against us. 
And so I, I don't know how many of you were like me or are like me, but all I know is this. I kind of thought, I'm going to put on the armor and now I'm good for the day. <laughs> Satan's going to leave me alone because I'm prepared. No, I'm prepared to fight now. And we need to be prepared to fight and to fight, to resist, to stand firm. We need the armor of God. And then... I want to look at just the first word in this section. Finally, in verse 10, look back at your text. Finally, that's all I want to say is that word right there. It's important, starts this section. Thank you, John Hurley, if you're here today. John is the first one who introduced me to this thought. He drove me back to my Bible to study, to open up the Greek dictionaries and do everything. And what I learned is finally is not a, um, like there's a whole list of facts and information and now we're down to the last one as if they're unrelated and here's another one. The word finally here means this is the rest of the story that relates to the whole story. In other words, what it's saying is, is this final section completes the whole book of Ephesians and then captures the whole book and it really speaks to the whole book. We saw in chapters one through three about our position in Jesus. Well, finally, we need to understand that spiritual warfare plays into our position in Jesus. Then we learn in chapters four up to six, nine about our uh, walk in the Lord. And so when he says, finally, he's saying this, this armor is essential for us if we're gonna stand firm and walk well with Jesus. We're gonna deal with this summer because I, I wanted to give it a little bit of extra time in the summer. I trust those who will be out of town at that time may uh, join in online and, or see it later. But I've kind of taken out a sequence here uh, in chapter five and the start of chapter six where it talks about marriage and parenting. We're going to come back and give the whole summer to that one, give it the time it deserves. And what we find is, guess what? When it comes to marriage and when it comes to parenting, if you want to do these things well and stand firm in those, we need to understand spiritual warfare. We need to have the full armor on. All of that comes from the word finally. He's telling us that this truth applies to the whole. It isn't a final in a list. It finally captures everything we need to know about the whole. So let me talk about that for a second. Our position. We learned about that in chapters one through three, who we are in Jesus. Satan is gonna lie to you about who you are. Because you know what? Ultimately, we live out of who we believe that we are. When the pressure's on, who I believe I am in my core comes out in my actions, in my thoughts, in my speech. And so Satan is gonna try to convince you that you're still a sinner and not a saint. Now, before we came to Christ, scripture's very clear, we were all sinners in Adam. But once we came to Christ, by God's grace, we've been transformed into saints. And at the core of our being, we're new creatures in Christ who are one with him. And so at the core of my being, 
I am a new creature who is holy and righteous in Christ. And when the pressure comes on and Satan's lying to you, guess what? <laughs> to understand that is so crucial because what, you know, Satan is what? The father of lies. Who's Jesus? He's the truth. And so the battle is a battle between truth and lies. And Satan's going to lie to us over and over. You're just a sinner. You might as well do that, Pat. Quit being a phony. Don't be a hypocrite. Be who you are. And so if I think I'm a sinner, boom. I'm just going to say, that's it. But if I believe in the core of my being, I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm holy and righteous at the core of my being. Guess what comes out? I say, no, I'm not going there because that's not who I am. I'm a new creature in Christ. Satan is going to, with our position, he's going to try to do this. He's going to try to get us to focus on our performance and our works to try to get deliverance from the struggles we have and to try to be good enough to be blessed by God. And he's going to get our focus on that and try to take it off the fact of God's grace that in Jesus Christ, He's already delivered us and he's already blessed us with every spiritual blessings. So he's gonna try to move us from that position of who we are and what we already have to someone who's trying to get. And Satan is, is gonna be working there. Well, let me tell you two other things he does. This is just with our position in Christ. He's gonna point out our faults. He's gonna point out our failures. He's going to point out our inadequacies and our weaknesses. And you know what he's going to say? This is who you are. You're a loser. You're a failure. You always fail at that. You'll never amount to anything. And he's going to point out all the times we didn't amount to something. And all of a sudden, you're right, Satan. Wow, you pointed. Yeah, you're right. How can I argue with that? But you know, guys, this is God's truth. His power is perfected in weakness. You know what I do when Satan does that to me? A lot of us kick in with our fleshly weapons and we start to argue with Satan as Eve did in the garden. And you never argue with Satan because you're always going to lose. And so rather than arguing with Satan and he starts to point us, I say, guess what? You're right. And I'm even worse than you say. But the good news is, is God's power is perfected in weakness. And so what we want to do is recognize Satan's scheme to try to enslave us with, with pointing out all of our weaknesses and things. And we want to turn that around and use it as an opportunity to worship and thank Jesus because his power is perfected in weakness. Let me tell you one other thing he does with our position. He puts thoughts in our mind. He's skilled at that. And making us think those thoughts came from us. Those thoughts can be very repulsive thoughts that, that I go, oh man, I can't believe I just thought that. Or they can be very enticing thoughts. Well, I really like that. Or they could just be lies. And then once he puts those thoughts in our minds, the accuser of the brethren says, aha, this is who you are. That's what you're really about. So Satan we, under, we need to understand Satan is going to be working against our position in Christ and we need to understand how to do warfare if we're going to walk strong in who we are in Christ. Second section we talked about is our walk in Christ. 
And, and we learn that uh, what we learn about Satan is he's constantly tempting us to get off the track. Here's the straight and narrow in walking with Jesus, and he's constantly tempting us to get us to go to the right or to the left, to get our walk off. And he's gonna use anything all the way from pornography to people-pleasing and everything in between to try to get us to go off the walk with Jesus that he's called us to. You know, talked about that basic, the bait, the poison, the destruction. Let, let me, we're gonna, do, we're gonna do almost a lot of a message about this, but I wanna say it at this point once. The bait that Satan uses are all the things that the world provides. What does John say? All this in the world basically comes down to lusty eyes, lust of the flesh, the boastful pride of life. Lust of the eyes are the possessions I'd like to have. The lust of the flesh are the pleasures that I pleasure my body with. The boastful pride of life is position and pride that comes from that. And so what we find is Satan is gonna use everything the world has to offer as the bait. That's the external. Well, we have a flesh that is our internal enemy and my flesh is attracted to those things that's in the world, the bait. And so like that fish that comes by and he sees the bait, guess what, you know what? My flesh is, whoa, oh, I, I kinda like some of that or that would really feed my soul or this or that. And then finally, we, don't, we have an external enemy in the world, we got an internal enemy in the flesh and we got an, a personal intelligent enemy in Satan that's pulling the strings because he knows me He's not omniscient like God, but he observes well, and he knows the things that are gonna pull Pat Peglo or pull you off to the right or to the left. So he grabs those things out of the world and he makes sure he puts those in front of you. So he's trying to attempt you to bite the bait with your flesh, and so your own destruction will begin as we take the poison. That's our walk. That's so you know what? You wanna walk well? We better understand spiritual warfare. What about marriage? What about parenting? And for those that aren't married, I want to add this. How about the close friends that God has given to us as a gift? Marriage and children are a wonderful gift. And for those that aren't, God often gives them the wonderful gift of a good friend. And this is so important because those who we're closest with, those we spend the most time with, those that know us the best, those we're most intimate with, are the places where sometimes the most fierce battles come and the deepest struggles. And we think they're the problem. But as we learn, the real struggle is an enemy who's intelligent, <laughs> who's personal, who's using the things this world has to offer as bait to get my flesh to bite into it. And he's doing that in our relationships, in our closest relationships. And I'm gonna tell you, parents, especially those that dedicated this morning, one of the greatest parenting skills you probably won't read about in a lot of books about parenting is learning how to do war with Satan for your children. You gotta learn that because Satan's goal is to destroy your child. And he wants to destroy you through that child.
Because you know what? When our kids are hurting, we're hurting. <laughs> and so Satan is going to try to destroy. So parents, I just encourage you. Uh, this is a lesson you won't hear in most parenting classes. But Ephesians tells us as finally as part of the rest of the whole, what we need to understand is we better know how to do war with Satan if we're going to find success in our parenting. Then finally, how about the world? Satan, we learned in Ephesians 2, is the prince of this world. He's working in the sons of disobedience. And we don't have to look very far in these days to see how blatantly Satan is working in this world right now. We are in deep opposition with the way this world is going. But we need to remember this. Our enemy is not the politicians or a particular political party. Our en enemy is not Hollywood. Our enemy is not the media. They're only pawns. Remember, didn't we learn that? Our battle's not against flesh and blood. They're just pawns. They're sheep without a shepherd. And this is what I want to tell you guys. There is nobody in the world who's better positioned for what this country needs, what this church needs, what we need in our families than believers in Jesus Christ because we are in Christ and he is in us. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places and we have got the weapons to do the real battle. We need to be prepared. And we need to be prepared to fight. And we need to be prepared to fight the right enemy. This morning was the introduction to the rest of the sermon, which will take place over the next six or seven weeks as we go to boot camp um, to learn how to do war for our own souls, for our marriages, for our kids, for our church, and for our country. Would you pray with me? Father, I want to thank you since Satan is the father of lie. He's the source of every lie. Lord, one thing we learn as well is that you are the truth and you've revealed your truth in the word. Thank you, Father, for giving us this word, this section of truth, so we know what the truth is. And Father, I want to pray today that this, the things we learn today, the things we learn in this series, that they would be yeasty thoughts. Father, I thank you for the way that you put yeast into a loaf of bread, this little thing, and it works throughout the whole loaf, the whole dough. Father, I pray that these truths would work themselves out into our entire life. Father, I pray what we heard today, we're going to move on, we're going to do stuff. Uh, they'll, they'll probably go to the back of our mind, but I pray that your Holy Spirit, the one who brings to remembrance all the things that you've taught us, I pray, Lord, he would work these truths. And I'm praying for myself, Lord. Praying for myself and asking for those who are listening online and those here today. God, would you make these truths like yeast? Would you work them throughout our lives so that day in and day out, moment by moment, we realize we're not at a concert, we're not at a picnic, but we're in a war. And Lord, would you make us prepared to fight the right fight? I ask in Jesus' name, amen.